Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Booyakasha! This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. It is great to be here again with my friends. And this week we will be covering... Hey, that's my bit. <laughs> that was my episode, Spencer. I, I, just thought, I just thought we were going all straight, everyone's robots. Like, I, I thought yeah. that... You know, that uh, been... Welcome no. to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. <laughs> Oh, man. What are we covering this week, Keith? Uh, let's see. It is episodes 13, 14, and 15 of season four. It's Back to the Egg, Son of Return of the Fly 2, and Raphael knocks him dead. Three not-so-bad episodes, in my opinion. Russell, we're transitioning from the syndicated episodes, the first 13, to the Saturday morning cartoon episodes, made exclusively for cbs yeah so the back to back to the egg is actually the last of the syndicated episodes um and then we'll talk about it later but when we get into some of the return of the fly too um we get a brand new title sequence yeah yeah same theme song but brand new animation yeah it was pretty i was kind of surprised by it when i saw it i was gonna bring it up in the second time around yeah Pretty yeah. jarring, but yeah, like we said, we'll talk about it in the second time around. Yeah, stay um, tuned. We'll have some opinions. Yeah, about we are. <laughs> That's why you listen to this show. It's for the opinions. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Spencer, you want to take us in then? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you guys a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So, episode 13, Back to the Egg, written by Dennis Marks, released September 26th of 1990. The turtles find a coupon to a posh pizza place and go there to eat. In Dimension X, Krang shows Shredder his new serum that will revert the turtles to infants. He also enlists the help of circus owner and a circus owner named Commander Krulik who will add the turtles to his circus of mutants after he captures them. Shredder does not like the fact that Krang is getting other help because, you know, he doesn't want to become obsolete. He and Krulik attack the turtles. Uh, well, no, sorry, not attack. Jeez. He and Krulik track the turtles to the posh pizza place and secretly spray the formula on two of their pizzas. Before Krulik can spray the other two, pizzas shredder pretends to bump him and accidentally make him spray 
the formula elsewhere as part of his plan to show that uh, Krang still needs him, you know, to make sure this guy screws up too. The turtles eat the pizza and Mikey and Leo are turned into babies. However, Raph and Donatello are not affected because their pizzas didn't get sprayed because, you know, the whole thing that Shredder did. Shredder and Krulik jump out and kidnap the turtles, the turtle tots anyway, but Raph and Don fight and get them back. They go back to their lair and deduce what Shredder has done. And so then Don and Raph leave the babies at the lair and go to find the serum so they can make a cure. Of course, the tots leave the, the lair and don't stay there, and they play in the city until they end up at with April at Channel 6. She lets Don and Raph know that they're there. They work on a serum. April drops the kids off to be part of a live audience of a children's show. Shredder and Krulik see them on the TV and go to Channel 6. They raid the set and go to take the turtles, but all the children fight back. April comes back and sees Shredder has the tots captured despite having been beaten by the kids. Uh, he was able to trick them by calling uncle and then nabbing them. They also capture April now. Raph and Don show up with the serum and give it to Mikey and Leo. They take it and return to normal. Shredder and Krulik run away. Krang is unimpressed with Krulik and fires him and you know just sends him off. Doesn't care about him. The end. Wow, that went by so fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, not a lot happened. Like, there were a lot of unimportant details that I was able to just kind of... I was fidgeting around so much. I was like, oh, geez, <laughs> it's my cue. Yeah, I was able to I was able to cut out a lot of unnecessary details for that episode. Got it. Well, if you're ready for all the unnecessary details, let me tell you a story. Son of Return of the Fly 2. Original air date of September 15th, 1990. This one is written by David Wise. A scientist holding a glowing circuit board is chased into an alley by two thugs where he's stopped by the turtles. A fight ensues and the board falls down a storm drain. The scientist, Herman J. Mellish, begs the turtles to get it back for him, saying it would be catastrophic if it fell into the wrong hands. Just then, the wrong hands. The Technodrome is having a computer issues because of a recent volcanic eruption. Meanwhile, Baxter Stockman is flying through an interdimensional limbo with his computer friend Z, who now is a computer since we last saw him. They spot a dimensional wormhole or an electric donut yum yum, according to Baxter, and they fly into it. It happens to deposit them into the New York sewers just as the circuit board uh, lands nearby them. The computer reveals that the circuit board is a matter energy converter and that it could turn energy into matter when it's inserted into his monitor. It allows Z to grow a translucent blue body. The turtles notice giant footprints and Donatello makes a casing of it, which Splinter immediately recognizes belonging to a giant fly. Meanwhile, Z is taken over to Channel 6, sealing everyone inside, and Baxter rampages through the building, searching for April so that they can get the turtles to come in. The turtles rush off to save Channel 6, which is exactly what Z wanted. Krang detects Z's presence at Channel 6 and wants Shredder to steal the most powerful computer so that it can be installed on the Technodrome. When the turtles show up, Baxter uses a weapon made by Z to instantly tie them all up with energy ropes. He then drags them to a clock tower where he ties them to the components of the clock and then is going to kill them at midnight. When Shredder arrives on Earth, Z tips him off that Baxter is doing so, knowing that Shredder will never tolerate someone else killing the turtles. 
Shredder does indeed show up at midnight, just as Leonardo manages to free himself from the hour hand and save the other turtles. When Baxter tries to capture Shredder, the turtles use a massive spring to send themselves flying towards the Channel 6 building. They arrive just in time to save April, Vernon, Irma, and Burn from Z's electrical tortures. Meanwhile, Shredder orders Bebop and Rocksteady to seize the computer just as Baxter arrives to defend his best friend. Mellish also arrives to ask if they got his invention back and revealing that he had the self-destruct button all along. The only reason he didn't use it because he wanted to make money off of it. Leonardo grabs the control and sets off the self-destruct, destroying Z except for a single circuit board. Clutching his friend, Baxter chases after Shredder into a portal, but Krang shuts the portal down before he can get through, stranding him in yet another dimensional limbo. The end? Bum, bum, bum. All right, next up, we have Raphael Knox and Dead. Season 4, episode 15, originally aired September 15th, 1990, written by Jack Mendelson. So Donatello is stealing satellite television. So the Turtles now have 112 channels to watch, but can't agree on what show to watch. They draw straws and Raphael wins, so he picks a stand-up comedy channel. The other three go off to get pizza, leaving Raph at home in front of the boob tube. He sees one of the comedians on TV suddenly disappear. Then he immediately gets a call from April, asking him to go check out the mysterious disappearance of comedians at the club. Raph goes to the club and, through a weird twist of events, he winds up on stage. The club manager is hosting local mob boss Pinky McFingers and his goons, who are stealing comedians, and they set their sights on Raphael. The other three turtles come back to the lair just in time to catch the tail end of Raphael's act on TV, and they see him suddenly disappear. Raphael is stuffed into a bag and thrown into the trunk of a limo, which takes him to some elaborate mansion. Uh, Raphael is able to cut his way out of the bag and ambushes the goons and ties them up. He finds the kidnapped comedians attached to some weird machine in the basement of the mansion, but the goons escape their bonds and get the drop on Raph, capturing him in a net. Meanwhile, April meets up with the other three turtles at the comedy club, and they confront the manager. He gets all defensive, then cuts the lights and disappears. Now they'll never know where Raphael is. Bum, bum, bum. Raph, meanwhile, is hooked into the machine that the other comedians are attached to, and Baxter Stockman walks in. Like, not the fly version, but like the human version. But actually, it's uh, it's not Baxter Stockman. It's his brother, Barney Stockman. Uh, he just looks and sounds exactly the same. Barney has made a gag of magnifier, a machine that amplifies jokes. So the idea is that the mob would steal comedians, hook them up to this machine, then project the jokes through the gag of magnifier and rob banks while everyone was busy laughing. Raphael is the funniest of the bunch, so after some light torture of his fellow comedians, he agrees to tell jokes and incapacitate masses. The plan is going off without a hitch, and the mob guys are filling the place with loot. Luckily, Donatello is able to track the source of Raphael's jokes, and the turtles come to the rescue. But Barney zaps him with a paralyzer ray. Raph tosses some of the loot that's on the floor at the control panel of the Gagomatic, aiming it at Barney and the mob, and one of the other comedians then tells some really terrible jokes that paralyzes them with laughter. The turtles free Raphael, the bad guys are hauled off to jail, and the day is saved. The end. Man. 
What a what a story. There's actually a lot that happened in that episode too. So. There, there is. Oh boy. Kudos to you, Keith. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad I got the. Uh, I'm glad I got the one I got as far as when it comes to summarizing it, at least. <laughs> well, I guess uh, we should summarize them again in second time around. Yeah. Hey, uh, nice junk. And maybe not summarize them, but you know we can at least talk about some details here. So something I noticed in this first one is that this, like this episode at least, never shows them like putting pants on, and it just seems like very intentionally they do so because they don't know how they're going to do it. <laughs> but you'll just see like the turtles. Yeah, it it because it 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 cuts away and then they're like immediately dressed in pants. And it happens like twice, like at least twice in this episode that like cuts away and then they're in pants getting (laughs) because then you don't have to animate them like getting into pants they're just already in pants right yeah well getting into pants as well as like you don't have to see how they get it around the back of their shell you know like (laughs) i feel like they just did it to eliminate a lot of the issues that they have (laughs) makes sense Uh, with it i just i just found it kind of interesting kind of funny you know, it's one of those things, not an anchovy, and it's not like something I love either. It's just something to point out. Fun fact. Uh, Don, once again, he uses his bow staff to trip someone, which has become his signature move. He throws it at the, that big uh, monkey thing that the circus guy has around with him. Do we have a counter on how many times he does this? Like a little like... Uh... I believe Keith is keeping count. Are you keeping count, Keith? uh let me let me see if i can't get an official number for you <laughs> i I'd uh, maybe like 10 is a good estimate right now okay so i have all my documents in google docs i just typed in the word trips one two three four five six seven eight it looks like this is the eighth time between the comics and the cartoon this has happened so oh. i knew keith would have an official count <laughs> that's that's possibly unofficial i'll have to do a deep dive (laughs) next time but (laughs) stay tuned for our very special episode how many times has donatello tripped somebody with his bow staff right we'll just have like a super cut of it it's gonna be really boring because this is an audio only podcast but (laughs) (laughs) it'll be us describing every time it happened yeah yeah Yeah. you'll get to hear just like oof you know every single (laughs) i got him guys And then every single time we'll be like, Donatello throws his bow staff between his legs. He trips. <laughs> the end. Again. All credits. Yeah. Man, I had an opportunity to buy a celibate animation from this episode. And I didn't, I didn't jump on it. It was a little too expensive for me. Uh, it was like, but the guy had both. Uh, I think it was what? Is Raphael holding Michelangelo as a kid and Donatello holding Leo or vice versa? He had both of them. I saw him. I walked away. I came back. Only one of them was left. I'm like, nah, I'm not paying like, you know, like 75 bucks for it or something. Like, that's a little out of my range. But I kind of regret it now because now nowadays I would love to have a cell of animation from this show. But at the time, it wasn't something I needed. Yeah, I mean, having original animation cells like is cool. But yeah, it, it especially now they've kind of turned into an investment depending on the cell. Mm-hmm. Um, and i think that is would have been a good investment but you know yeah well you need to open now we say spencer 
I said, what can you do? Yeah. What can you do? Indeed. Go to eBay and pay way more than what he was selling it for. There's for the same also thing. that. Yeah, yeah. There, that is definitely an option. <laughs> That's the answer. I don't recommend it, but yeah. yeah. There's some booth that I know is selling some at my at my con last last year when I went, but none of it was really anything I was super interested in. I think there was like some He-Man ones and mm. other things. Uh, so this is the first time that um, we really ever see the turtles as children. Yeah. In the show. Remember, they remember they mutate directly into teenagers. <laughs> yeah, in the ads, uh, well, at least in the theme song and stuff they do when they're telling the story. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, in the in the, in the flashback that uh, when they're telling the story in the first episode, they mutate directly into teenagers. Yeah. So we've never seen them. As far as we know, they never had a kid phase. Yeah, I mean, well, in the, in the comics, they definitely did. But I don't even know if we saw them in the Mirage comics, like as... Like we saw them when they like had grown and were saying pizza. So I guess we didn't see them as like babies. Mm-hmm. At least they say yeah. in the re-edited version. They didn't say in the original, but yeah. I, I feel like we've had this conversation before. We have. We had we yeah. have this conversation before. Because like sometimes uh, they, they are mutated as children, but like in this show specifically, they mutate directly into like yeah, quote unquote teenagers, definitely adults. Yeah. Yeah. Def- definitely, brains. definitely not teenagers. Yeah. Um, which is which is funny because April has her line um when uh Michelangelo and Leo, you know, are trying to are trying to get her attention and they're like you know, they're like, Oh, hey, it's it's us. And she's like, You're not Michelangelo and Leo, they're teenagers. <laughs> this is another great uh 80s cartoon trope so like you know we got, we've had the phantom of the opera three musketeers body swapping episode now the turning back main, into a child episode. main character turned into a baby yeah we've had the shrinking episode we've had the giant episodes uh now we just need like a body adventure where they sh- donatello shrinks them all down and they go inside splinter to like fight whatever you know disease he has yeah is that more of like a magic school bus thing or is that like an all all cartoons thing that's a lot of cartoons you know they had episodes where they would turn into kids and then you know oh we got to shrink down into get into the body kind of thing yeah yeah magic school bus maybe did it the best but yeah that's a pretty common trope inner space was a very popular movie in the 80s i don't know if anybody remembers that i definitely don't i know you don't (laughs) (laughs) but no inner space was from 1987 very popular movie don't know that i've seen it Jesus, <laughs> am I the only one that's seen Inner Space? Maybe, maybe it's okay. just they're making up. We'll have to have a movie night at some point. Inner we'll watch Inner Space and Short Circuit. There you go. Okay. I'll have a short right. Inner Space uh, takeover of the podcast. Yeah, is that all you guys had for that episode? Yeah, like this episode, yeah. there's really not a lot, and. Like he said, like this is kind of a tropey episode. Um, yeah, the only other thing I had was that they called the cheap skate the sewer skate. And I, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's just an accident and not something intentional. So I wasn't even going to mention it. But yeah, let's go on to Son of Return of the Fly 2. Son of the Return of the Fly 2. So Z got his upgrade and has the computer with the face now. Yes, he was just a rocket ship last time, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I very vaguely remember this episode. And- I do too. It, it, it was funny because like um, a lot of the premise I didn't remember, but then like once Z started talking, then I'm like, okay, I remember this voice. Yeah. And for me, like, and then like, I very distinctly remember when like Bebop and Rocksteady and then Baxter are pulling on Z and like his body being stretched. I yeah. remembered that. For me, it was them like tied up in the clock tower. For uh, some reason, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, I've seen this before. Um, but yeah, it it's it was it was a little like, huh. Um, and so, like we said earlier, we got the new title sequence. New so, title sequence. So Let's... it's brand new animation for the um uh for the theme song. Still the same theme song uh, that we all know and love um but brand new animation to it which is it, it was jarring at first yeah, yeah like well, I, I, I was looking up because usually i just like if i don't skip the theme song it's because i'm just like using it to hurry and like edit my document you know like my you know but prep, prep it for me to yeah. type my notes in mm-hmm. and uh this time yeah i was I was looking down and then all of a sudden I like looked up and I was like, whoa, this is not the same thing. <laughs> I think maybe I even heard like sound effects in the background. Kind of so thing. yeah, so they, yeah. they added more sound effects, specifically whooshing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was just very funny. Um, but it's and so it it's it's definitely not animated by the same Japanese team that did the original. Mm-hmm. Um and the turtles like resemble kind of like the standardized cartoon look that they have that they've had for a couple seasons now mm-hmm. um so it's it, it's it's interesting um because they animate to the theme song a little bit better than i don't want to say actually nah. i take that back not better not they, they, much worse i would argue yeah <laughs> yeah let me let me recheck that they animate much worse <laughs> to it um and so like it's it's funny because like in the original theme song or the original title sequence uh they it's kind of assumed that like somebody is singing about the turtles Mm -hmm. and then like for things like leonardo leads donatello does machines that's a fact jack um and then Raphael is cool but rude um he says give me a break but like in the original, Raphael doesn't say that. But in this one, like Raphael's animated saying it. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like talking to the camera, he says, "Give me a break," and it's really weird. Yeah, I then they, then they say like Michelangelo was a party dude instead of showing him partying. Like he just yeah. jumped by a bunch of foot soldiers. He just, yeah, he just thank he just, you. He just, he just, oh he my just gosh, and like pile like they all pile on it because it's like you expect him to like pop out of it because the line still says party yeah, after so- it says michelangelo is a party dude but like the, yeah, the foot soldiers all just but yeah he just gets swarmed in like the only thing i can think is that they animated it backwards he was supposed to like burst out of them but instead he just like lands on the ground and gets like beaten up <laughs> expecting him to see him like spinning on a shell on his back yeah like yeah. and i think or something and i but, think that's how it was animated because like i feel like it was building up to it because the cut that happens where it cuts to all four turtles is so abrupt that it's like i feel like they animated it yeah and then just they had to cut it for time 
Yeah. I just I just found it hilarious because I was like, it's a party, dude. And he was like, party. And you see like all these foot soldiers mob him and then it just cuts off. You're like, is he all right? Is he yeah. okay? <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, it's, it's just, it on. was a weird, weird cut. Yeah, I I am not a fan of this one. Uh, the whooshing noises are too much. The whooshing is very is very. It's just it, like it's every two seconds, and like nothing's happening on screen. It's just like like airplane noises happening in crap. I'm, I'm not. A well, fan it's like of it. it's it's like Splinter's mutation whooshes. Um, it whooshes as like the camera goes through the sewer. Uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely less iconic. Um, but I do distinctly remember a lot of this was cut for the TV commercials at the time mm-hmm. um, where they would take some of it and then put it like, you know, they would cut it to the commercials and then like re-record like Rob yeah, saying yeah, yeah, something yeah. is Raph. Um, so it, it, so it, like I knew this, this was this theme song because like the animation isn't bad. It's just very not good good right which is a big difference i kind of thought the reason we got a new opening theme song was to like get rid of michelangelo's nunchucks because i don't know if you've ever watched like the european cuts of the original theme song but it's a hot mess because they just try and like like pause it before any before michelangelo takes his nunchucks out um because like that was censored over in europe right right yeah but He's got his nunchucks like clearly visible throughout the entire opening theme song. So like, why'd they even try? <laughs> well, he's even got them in the episodes too. Yeah, yeah, it's strange too. In fact, um, which episode was it? One of these is like one of the only times after season three where he uses them. I think it was uh, Raphael Knox and Dead. Yeah, because he pulls them out when they. Uh, confront Barney, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like that's one of the only times after season three where they he actually gets to use them. Huh. So even even in like the Dark Sky seasons, he doesn't pull them out. I imagine he does then. I don't think so. I think he pretty much goes to the turtle line that like grappling hook thing. Oh wow! Very soon, yeah. Uh, maybe a little less obvious, but along with a new opening, we don't have the title cards anymore. Like, you used to go like, bum, 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 right. bum, bum, and then you have like, it just goes straight pizza into... or Michelangelo with swords, and it would say what it is, but now it's just like, it's just like a background uh, kind of moving with, with the title over it. Yeah, like it fades in. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I didn't notice that either until you said that, uh, but I, I do, do, do re- but I do realize now I do realize now that I didn't type in the title when I normally do. Cause usually for the title card, the title card pops up. I type in the title on my notes. It didn't happen this time. I, no. I, re- I finished watching the episode and then it was like, Oh, I haven't written my title. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck did I just watch? <laughs> yeah. what, what did I watch? No, thank goodness. The DVD, you know, forces me to see it whenever I select it, but. It's just part of my uh, ritual, I guess. So also the other thing that Baxter's computer kind of does remind me of is to me, it's almost like an early version of like viral from like fast forward of, you know, the, mm-hmm. the season six of the 2003 series, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you've got this 
sentient computer character that I don't know kind of comes in uh, is a hench kind of ends up working as a henchman for a different bad guy. Uh, Has a body made of hard light. Exactly. Has like a body that's kind of made of. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of, kind of gave me a bit of those vibes. I'm kind of wondering if maybe they pulled the idea to use her from there or if she was something that he just came up with later, who knows, but given off those vibes for made me think of it at least yeah maybe maybe that's all i got <laughs> yeah ready for uh, Raphael? yeah that's kind of that's kind of all i had for these two um it, it baxter was kind of going more crazy it seemed like um and i don't know if i like that or not like actually i kind of do like that so i'll save that for later well, yeah, it's for anchovies and I love it. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, Raphael knocks him dead. Uh, so Barney says that Baxter botched an experiment and that's what turned him into the fly. But that's not actually true. That, yeah, that caught me off guard too. I was like, that's not what happened. Yeah, he was caught in a disintegrator when a fly flew into it and they merged. Now, mm-hmm. granted, Barney could think that. That's what oh, happened. true. Yeah, because he wasn't in the Technodrome. Yeah, you know, like yeah, Barney. Barney could just think that, like you know, Baxter screwed up because we don't really know like their rivalry. Like we just know that he hates getting mistaken for Baxter. Right. Fair enough. Which, like, you did okay. So Keith, you did say that Barney looks exactly like him. Uh, that is false. Remember, Barney is more handsome. Oh, true. Yes, I actually I think he has a different color hair too. I think his his he's hair, a redhead, yeah. right? I was making a joke, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Baxter is more blonde, whereas Barney is more of a redhead. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it it is a little weird. <laughs> Just Barney in general. Um, I also think this like, is his only episode too. It is his it? only episode. That's so true. it's kind of it's kind of also a waste <laughs> yeah. of like. A character because like the brother of baxter is kind of interesting but it's like he's like baxter baxter originally at least the 87 version like wasn't a bad guy like mm-hmm. he still technically isn't a bad guy he just wants to get back a shredder right you know he's just he's a sad story um whereas like barney is a bad guy like he's working for bad guys Mm-hmm. yeah i wish that would have well maybe not i find the voice kind of annoying but it does seem like a waste to bring him back for this episode and never use him again you know yeah i did think it was it was funny though because like uh when donatello like made his super satellite and he's flipping through channels and like he wants to watch that scientist show we see barney on screen oh yes and before uh before it's revealed that it's Barney, like I'm assuming everybody, including myself, like we all thought that was like an animation error that showed Baxter again, like right. human Baxter. <laughs> Although human Baxter, wasn't he blonde and Barney's like a redhead and that's kind of the difference between the two? I think that's well, the only difference. Well, that's know? that's really the only difference. Yeah. That's what we were saying. Like that's, that's the real only difference that we can see. But... Uh, but remember, like that happens before the reveal of Barney. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's kind of like 
and because the show is so many animation errors, especially like color you, errors, <laughs> you kind of, well, you kind of, yeah, you kind of just assume that they've reused that model for some reason. And so I don't know if it was like a deliberate fake out, especially because like this episode comes right after the episode where we saw Baxter as a fly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like also how great was it that we had like two Baxter episodes in a row? Yeah, I mean, it, kind of two uh, kind of Baxter episodes. Two kind of Baxter. Yeah, Barney is Barney's Baxter, just a human that says he hates Baxter. Well then, should we uh, break into anchovies then? I think it's time. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing, and you're in big trouble. Okay. I can't let you know. Guys, I gotta get this off my chest. All right, back to the egg. There's like zero eggs involved. So they do specifically <laughs> say that they will turn back into eggs, I think. Eventually. Okay. There is, there is Donatello does say that. Here's, here's the thing, though. So, okay, they're going to turn back into eggs. Great. Why did they hire a circus guy who wants to so, use them as their main attraction? If that's what I hated. Eggs? That's what I hated the most about this. Um, I did think it was funny that like shredder adopted this ninja code that said he had to be the one to do it yeah and it's like that kind of goes that's kind of like the through line with this episode and son of return of the fly too um but yeah like i can't tell if krang was trolling shredder by saying he hired somebody who's gonna kill the turtles and then like just hires this circus guy just to make fun of shredder yeah it's strange and like, even Shredder has just sent Bebop and Rocksteady to kill the turtles like a hundred times now. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and we know they can make a retro mutagen ray, and this is basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, because this is this is specifically a de aging thing because they're still mutated. It's also got extra steps because they apparently have to eat it. They can't just be shot with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and it's it's be I don't know like. The other funny thing to me is like when the turtles are that scene where the turtles are walking down the street and they nab them. Uh, like Donatello and Raphael are just walking, they jump out with a garbage can, nab the turtles, and they kind of just like don't even act surprised when it happens. They just keep walking, they walk around the corner, and then they're like, Shredder. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just appears like they don't care at all. They're just like, All right, we'll walk around the corner yeah. and see who just kidnapped our child brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that they were surprised that it was even Shredder is kind of a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, they have never seen this cruel lick guy before, and he's the one that jumps out and nabs him, but mm-hmm. they just kind of like nonchalantly like keep walking because I guess they couldn't animate running or any more sort of surprise in their face. And so they just keep walking until they walk around the corner, see them, and then they're surprised. And it's like there, there's like no hustle or anything after they just saw their brothers get swiped <laughs> out in front of them. <laughs> I mean, there's like a there's not a lot of hustle at all with yeah. with them like they they should have done a lot of stuff faster and then they just kind of didn't yeah yeah also the other thing i will add is that it looks like the world doesn't really need the turtles because shredder can just be stopped by a bunch of children uh you know this is definitely like the icing on the cake for most incompetent shredder uh he is 
attacked by children and loses. <laughs> yeah, what what is it? They they spray him with a hose or something? I forget. I mean, like one of the kids, I don't know, one of the kids just as a football player and like headbutts either him or Krulik. I, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, do you want to make your villain just look like he's not even a threat anymore? Have a bunch of children ambush him and kill, you know, just just beat him. Right. You know, <laughs> have him not stand a chance against children. Oh. Right, we ready for Son of Return of the Flag too? Yep. What what an episode title, first off. That's not it's a good, it's a good parody. Yeah, it is. I only have one anchovy for this, but it's like the most heinous animation error I've I've seen. So all four of the turtles had been walking through the sewer, and suddenly there's only three of them. Leonardo's missing. And then like half of the time that Raph talks in that scene, it's oh, with Leo's it's voice. It's Leo's voice. It's like yeah. it just merged with him. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a real weird animation error. And then also like there was this um there was like a sound effect that sounded like they ran into something but they it like cut and then they, they were just walking like normal yeah and i don't know if it's just because like because i was streaming this so i don't know if it like my stream cut out or what but it was there when i rewound it too so hmm. yeah no if, and for me another thing is like you know i always am kind of happy i guess i mean like i at least enjoy watching these baxter episodes more because they're at least a different story than what we normally get every episode however these Baxter episodes are starting to turn into the same episode over and over again as well whenever it comes to a Baxter story it's like Baxter gets out he finds some new tool to get his revenge on Shredder and the Turtles he fails gets sent back into some alternate dimension until he escapes again you know so there there is that yeah yeah I mean it's it's one of those things it's like it, it it is a tragic story for baxter um definitely the most tragic thing that's happened to any baxter in any timeline of turtles sure right um sure <laughs> some might say he's insane in the membrane exactly um i tee him up and you know you just smack him down right um but the <sighs> It, it, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it, it it is kind of running its course, like this joke. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this next... is exactly the same plot, right? Like, he gets out of whatever dimension he's in. He gets some weird gun from a robot, and then he gets sent back to that dimension. Like, it's, even, it's exactly the same. It's even the same. Fly. It's even the same robot as last time. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, like. Like you said, it, it is kind of getting repetitive. Hopefully the next time we see him, it'll be not exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's really my only complaint. I, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Are we ready yeah. for Raphael Knox and Dead? Yeah. For some reason, Byrne just like doesn't seem to have a consistent personality in this show. Like it really kind of showed in this one. I don't know. He went like full like, like, uh, you know, J. Jonah Jameson, like on April like he's done that before but like sometimes he doesn't then he like hates the turtles and then sometimes he doesn't care uh I don't know he just seemed like extra threatening to April this time more so than normal Mm -hmm. he's just kind of all over the place I feel like sometimes the character where he he kind of has an idea of who he's supposed to be but he never really feels 
consistent every time you see him. Yeah. That, that was kind of my biggest, I guess, first anchovy. No, you're right. Like it, it is kind of weird how he, he he's, he's not written very consistently and he does kind of jump back and forth. And it's like, um, was it, was it this one where it was this one where, where like April's like, um, she wants to go down to the comedy club and then Vernon's like, Oh, like, you know, she only wants to go there because like, you know, her turtle friends are there. And then Burns like, I don't want to know about the turtles. And it's like, Burn, you spent like so long knowing about the turtles. Now, granted, he does have the great line where he's like, I'm still paying for the last damage from the turtles. Yeah. No, this time actually has a reason to hate him. So I'll give him that. You know, but, like, it, yeah. but it was it was funny. Yeah. But also, like half the time he doesn't even know about the turtles. So like he's yeah. he's all over the board. You're right. And I then guys, okay. go ahead. Okay, my only other anchovy is that they just don't seem to bother to create any more iconic villains besides Shredder and Krang. Like, they had a chance to do it in this one, and they were just like, it's another mob boss. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, no, granted, there are more that are going to be coming. Um, Eventually, you know, but I mean... But you're, but you're right, like, we're not, we're not there yet. And, and we're, we're in, like almost halfway through season four you know this the second giant season of this of this show like after we finish season four we're halfway through this show and so i don't know it's the show is so like i mean granted they're all like focused on shredder and crane but like the shredder and crane story never goes anywhere and they just don't really seem to bother to introduce more people like you've got baxter that comes in every once in a great while the rat king which comes in every once in a great while you know, and that's why those episodes are kind of a treat to get. But like, I don't know. I just feel like they could have tried to create something here and they just, they don't bother. You know, it's like, ah, here's another mob boss. Yeah. And it's not even the same mob boss that we've seen before. But yeah. it's the same voice though. It's, it's just Peter Renaday doing his mobster voice again. Yeah. <laughs> we're actually, we're surprisingly close to halfway through this series right now. Mm-hmm. Raphael Knox and Dead is episode 80. There's 193 episodes, I believe. Yeah, 193. So we're getting close time, to halfway time through. Time does fly. Yeah. We're getting there. So I've, I've complained about this before, but like, so April's not on the news this time. Raphael's just watching the comedy club and a guy disappears. But then, of course, of course, April calls right after. To tell them what's going on and where to go. <laughs> it's just so annoying to me. <laughs> like, can we get one episode that doesn't start with the turtles watching television and then April calling them to tell them what happened on television? Yeah. I mean, we actually, the episode before that, they actually don't do it that way, which I, I will get into. And in I love being a turtle whenever we want to okay. get there. Right. Also, I, I will. Bring up again that Barney was on television as part of a science show that Don seemed to watch religiously, but also they had no idea that Barney Stockman was a person, which uh, kind of bugged me. Yeah. About you, Mike? You know, I, I didn't think the other comedians were that funny. 
I didn't think a lot of Raphael's jokes were funny. No, no, a lot of them are are very much written to to just. Be- it's like how much how much mileage is he getting out of turtle puns? Yeah, especially like they're turtle jokes that they're just like broadcasting out to the masses, but like they also- don't know that he's a turtle, so like. Why are they even funny then? <laughs> but then, but then also at the same time, like they know about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in this world, so it's like presumably, like presumably, they've seen the turtles at this point on the news, hmm. and so like somebody has to be like, "Hey, that's one of them Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles." But yeah, I just not a fan. Yeah. Yeah, they, they definitely weren't the funniest jokes in the whole wide world, but I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't expecting like peak comedy from I mean from of it I do every week. <laughs> there every now and then some something legitimately funny happens. Oh definitely. Trying to what trying to write like uh Roddy Dangerfield impersonations for the turtles, not great. <laughs> All right, then are we ready to talk about what we did like then? I think we are. Let's do it. I told you I would count you in. Oh, damn it. Yeah. I can get you like a buzzer or something. Yeah, if you can. Yeah, no problem. I love being a turtle. So baby turtles are always cute. You know, I always like seeing the turtle tots whenever they they come back. I can't can't decide if this is like their true, like, First appearance. I mean, I'm gonna call it the true first appearance of turtle tots, like as like toddlers, because I feel like they're not quite babies, and I think we only see them as babies. I mean, these are definitely toddlers. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna say turtle tots. This is the original, like the first time we ever see turtle tots, and they're always cute. So it was fun for that reason. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think you're right. And the youngest we've seen them up to this point was that one issue of Mirage where they were preteen turtles but that could be up to 12 mm-hmm. so, hmm. yeah it makes it like the, 10 to 12 yeah i love the part when uh little baby michelangelo and little baby leonardo are like tiny turtle power that was cute <laughs> that was cute decent voice acting in this episode i don't typically love the turtle tots um especially like when it's this 80s trope where like they get turned into kids Mm -hmm. um i don't mind watching a flashback where they are kids and this this is nitpicky and and dumb um but i didn't hate this so take that as what you will all right That's that's all I really had for this. That's, <laughs> that's all you had for that one. Um, okay, so Return of the Son of the Fly Two, uh, or Son of Return of the Fly Two. Damn it! What I a finally great title! Up. I finally messed it up. What a, what a great title! I really liked this episode. It is it is funny. Um, I think uh, Melish at the end where he's like where he comes back in. He's like, yeah, I had to self destruct the whole time. I just want to make money. I didn't want to blow it up. Um, I thought that was great. Um, it is, it is just genuinely funny and it does feel like a bigger episode, which is cool. Yeah. I really like this episode too. And I couldn't necessarily tell you why, but I do like what they've done with Baxter where he's like, it just feels like he's steadily losing his mind. Yeah. Even more so. And like this robot he's with doesn't really have like an end goal. He's just like, 
he just like Baxter's friend, you know, just trying to help him do what he wants to do. Yeah, like it, like Z really doesn't seem like he has Baxter's best interests in mind. Um, but then like sometimes he does, like where he's trying to prop Baxter up as like the one who's going to be able to kill the turtles, not Shredder. Like that's that's a that's a bro thing to do. Was he named in this episode? Z. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I must have missed that. Well, actually, I don't know if he was named in this one. Uh, was he? Good episode. I, I thought it, this was the strongest really one is, of the bit. Of the it bunch. really is. It really is the strongest of the three. Are we ready for what was possibly the weakest of the three? <laughs> uh, you know what? I honestly think the first one is the weakest of the three. I didn't hate this one. It's just not my favorite. I actually like this one the most. <laughs> really? Raphael knocks him dead? Really? Yeah. That surprises okay. me. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a totally different story than what we normally get. It, <laughs> like, it is like that's what I gets don't... me to to pay attention and gets me kind of like interested whenever I'm watching this series is that I'm not seeing, you know, Shredder or Krang introduce X for Shredder to use on the turtles, and anyway. And I think I think part of why these episodes feel so different is because we're specifically not in the syndicated episodes anymore so they do have the budget and they do have the time to kind of take their time on these episodes and not have to rush everything out i don't know they they still might have been rushing them out because they were coming out you know daily well no no but that that was syndicated now that we're on cbs it's every saturday okay so the so the pace is slowing down again Okay. But the biggest thing that I did like out of this that I always like seeing is like the turtles like having hobbies and like aspirations that they're kind of like wanting to do. Like like we've we've talked about Michelangelo like kind of having his like little thing where he's becoming a writer in the image series right now. Mm -hmm. And like in this, you've got Raphael wanting to be a stand-up comic and and going out to I mean he doesn't go out to become that, but he ends up getting a shot at doing it and and being good at it and getting to to enjoy it which you know granted i you know sometimes kind of knock this series for just kind of letting the turtles i guess just out and and run about and you know they're not real ninjas and they're not in secret but we probably wouldn't have gotten this story or at least this aspect of Raphael, as far as him actually being able to succeed as a comedian uh, because of that yeah yeah say i'm happy i watched this episode because like every now and again I'm on Reddit or like reading through the comments of some Ninja Turtles Facebook group and someone mentions how terribly they treat the 87 Turtles and like Turtles Forever and those crossovers with the 2012 show. Uh But like those guys are always like, you know, the 87 Turtles were these total badasses that solve crimes and whatnot. Now I have Mm -hmm. this episode where they like like the whole plot is they're going to use these terrible jokes. There's all these plot conveniences. Uh, no one's concerned that Raph is a turtle standing in front of a comedy club. Like, yeah, this is exactly like this is the episode I'm going to point to during those arguments if I decide to get involved. Yeah, like yeah. when people when people are like, you know, oh, they were badass ninjas, and it's like they were ninjas, but they were '80s ninjas, like very different shredder was beaten by children like in a couple episodes ago like he was beaten literally by children like (laughs) they're ninjas the way that three ninjas were ninjas you know exactly (laughs) 
I just I just can't reiterate that enough. Like Shredder was beaten by children. This episode, right. dis, you know, like that episode disrespected Shredder way before Turtles Forever ever did it. All right. <laughs> I I cannot get out of my head. I don't even remember what episode it was anymore. But there was an episode where the turtles like they trip on spare change that's fallen out of a parking yeah. meter. I cannot get that out of my head. So I'm gonna add Shredder getting beaten by a by a football dressed kid. <laughs> yeah, to that list. <laughs> that list of things where it's like, guys, they weren't they weren't the most yeah. know, competent people out there. Which doesn't make it bad. It's just like they're they're not like these. I don't know. Super serious like things that heroes. Yeah, yeah, that need to be treated like they're like legends and that they can mm-hmm. beat and conquer anything. <laughs> Good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. The show was made to like make you laugh and entertain you on Saturday morning, and and that's, and that's what it is. And sell action figures on the side, you know, like that's yeah. that was that was the purpose of this show. It's okay if it's not treated seriously because it never took itself seriously. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, and that's that's it right there. It's like, you, we as a fandom need to stop taking turtles seriously. And getting mad when other people don't take turtles seriously. It's fine to want a serious turtles because, like, it can be done. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can't look at, at you can't look at it always and just be like, "Why isn't it always serious?" Because it, it's never always been serious. No, that's that's true. It's never always been serious. Like, even you know, even in the comic books, like, there's moments that are kind of funny jokes, like in the original Mirage stories and we're talking like turtles in space you know you've got like the for example like the triceraton like commentators you know like advertising like horn cream or whatever it is and like you know classic disembowelment you know on this guy's part you know like it's it's funny you know it's it's kind of a comedic thing granted like you know they are going on an adventure and it's fun but there's also some humor involved there there always is in my opinion like especially like the original comics, they're very much like punk rock, like like Descendants or something like that. Like, like these guys are doing what they want to do. They're writing stories that are, you know, do have like serious moments and things like that. But at the same time, there's plenty of self-deprecation in there as well. I mean, maybe not plenty, but there, there's still some, you know, like you listen to like a Descendants album and in, in the same album where they'll like talk about issues and problems that have been in America they will also sing a song about like, don't eat spicy foods. Otherwise you will have horrible time in the bathroom. Like, you know, and they're, they're right next to each other. You know, it's very much like, we're just talking out whatever we want to say. And at the same time, we're doing what we want to do though. And we're actually expressing ourselves here, no matter how how dumb it might be. You know, like Ninja Turtles says like, oh yes, we're Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, we're not going to forget the fact that this is crazy, but at the same time, is it still the stories we want to tell? I don't know. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, no, I totally got it. It's, it's the same thing that I always try to tell people. Like, it's Ninja Turtles, man. <laughs> Just take it down a notch. Also, sometimes I don't eat spicy food, but I still have the bad times in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fair. Yeah. 
Keto pancakes did it really bad to me the other day, which like is the opposite of spicy food. There is why are we flavor. so wildly off topic now? Ah, <laughs> man, I don't. It's getting late. <laughs> All right, are we ready to go on to news? Right. I'm going to start counting I, someone in if we are. Yeah, I think uh, that's it. Like these are three. These are three fun episodes. Definitely not the worst. Uh, probably one of the best of season four, in my opinion, was some of the Return of the Fly too. Yeah, you know, like I mean, the thing is, is even though I complained earlier about, you know, that one being like the last one, still there aren't that many episodes of Baxter, and so it's still like a breath of fresh air as you're watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I liked it because it is a whole tragic arc, you know. Granted, that arc is kind of plateaued, and there's no <laughs> climb in it right now. Yeah, uh, but you know, hopefully in that next episode. Fingers crossed. All right, Keith. All right, Mike. Gonna gonna count you in here. And a one, and a two, and a. I got, I got stage fright. I'm gonna have to. Oh, okay. I'm gonna oh, have to. Right. I'm gonna have to retire the bit and let you, let you do it. <coughs> April O'Neil, Channel Nine News. Uh, Channel Six News. Perfect. Couldn't have couldn't have done it even better. I don't even know why I try. Uh, in news this week, um, there. Just let, I'm just letting you go. Uh, it's okay. So, in news this week, uh, this morning, as we're recording this, uh, .emu, the developers of Shredder's Revenge, put out the first of a behind the shell. Uh, behind the scenes video kind of just detailing what is going on uh, with the state of the game still no release date which is what everybody's asking about um, but it is nice to kind of see that developer interaction we don't know if this is just something they kind of threw up because of all the delays um, they're just trying to fill time or um, something they had always had planned but it, it was cute and they kind of talked about their inspiration for the game uh, you know heavily inspired by uh the 87 cartoon and um just their general excitement for the game but you can check you can check that out uh, check that out on dot emu's uh youtube channel which apparently they have cool yeah and it definitely is very much there it kind of seems like it's kind of there to be part of the the hype machine and so, like, if you love the classic video games and you love the 87 series and you watch this, you'll probably be very, you know, just as excited as you've always been for the game. Well, that's me. I'm excited for all those things. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, quick bit of comic book news that I kind of forgot about until now. Uh, if you're not caught up on what's going on in IDW, they're releasing the Armageddon game pregame one shot uh, available April 20th, which I believe is the day after this episode comes out. It's reprinting the 2020 and 2021 annuals so that we can get caught up on that uh, in, in preparation for the free comic book day issue and then into Armageddon games. Yeah, uh, we were looking at that cover art in our uh, group chat and oh boy. That, that was really cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I kind of want to pick it up. Like, I have those annuals, but I kind of want to pick this up for that cover art. 
Um, I mean, it's probably not a bad idea just to read them because they've definitely got important information going into Armageddon games. Like, yeah, the setup is in those annuals. Yeah. Two years. Uh, In also related comic books, this is your two week notice that that, uh, the last Ronin number five, the finale will be out April 30th. So if you have not already stopped by your local comic book store and put in your uh, put that on your pull list. This is your uh, warning because our next episode will come out around that same time. <laughs> no, our next episode will be the week before, so you'll have one more week notice. Yeah, it'll come out the day. Our next episode will come out the day before the issue releases. Exactly. Yeah, I think so, it's I think it's uh, the twenty seventh because the thirtieth is a Saturday. That too. Yeah. Two weeks. One week. But yeah, this is your two-week notice. Go to your comic book store. To go to your saying. comic book to support your local comic book store. <laughs> put that on your pull list. Because, uh, I mean, why wouldn't you be? Yeah, um, we're excited. Still no word on a full trade paperback of all five issues, but we know that's going to be coming eventually. Um, so if you want all of the single issues, you know, now's a good time to try and hunt them all down, too, because... Uh, probably after issue five comes out you know if you're trying to find them uh loose they're probably gonna spike in value i'm not really a speculator on comics but that's just you know people sell collected editions so yeah Yeah. just just throwing that out there all right so spencer what are we doing next week next week we're gonna be going back to the egg no just kidding next week we're going back to the image comics and we will be covering issues 9 10 and 11 of that series so that's untitled untitled and uh the last one has no title oh, oh man yeah I'm excited. all right guys Well, that is going to do it for this week of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Thank you so much again for uh, listening to this show um, and hanging out with us. Uh, If you guys haven't already seen, we do have a Discord uh, that we is it's an open. So, you know, follow that link and come on in. It's fun. Uh, We actually got our first ask an expert question because we have that. So, Spencer, I'm going to put you on the spot because this is a question for you. Oh, I missed it. Uh, it literally came up while we were recording. Oh. So uh, this is coming from Eugene on our Discord server. Was Darius Dunn inspired by the Kingpin from Spider-Man? I mean, the answer is, is I don't know. However, I would dare say that I don't think so. In the IDW comics, like he definitely is more like a Kingpin-esque figure. And maybe he is takes some inspiration there, but his original appearance in Fast Forward, he's just Cody's uncle that uh, wants to take over the company and uh, get Cody out of the way and, and kind of be in control of it all. So I don't think that his original inspiration is Kingpin. Uh, he also seems very like Moriarty-esque, at least Moriarty based on the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. I haven't actually read Sherlock Holmes books. <laughs> But I know that he's supposed to be like a, a boxer and things like that in there. So he kind of could be pulling from all those uh, big mastermind type characters that are also heavy hitters. Yeah, looking looking at the character, um, I can see maybe his look 
might have been an inspiration or inspired by the kingpin um but even in the 2006 series though he's got like the tie and the monocle and everything Uh, that's what i'm saying yeah like i other than his size i don't think really much is inspired by kingpin um Mm. because he's not really a crime lord like at least in fast forward right no definitely well i mean he i guess he is secretly manufacturing arms illegally and selling them illegally on the streets to aliens and triceratons and stuff in one episode it's revealed that's kind of what he's been doing with o'neill tech secretly so there is that um but it's i don't know it's not very crime lordy so much as it's just like i've got a business with you know a secret back end that just sells illegal goods so there you go so there you go eugene that is our first ask an expert <laughs> uh, hope you kind of got the answer that you wanted um just the 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 information isn't 100 percent out there but it is uh kind of based on what three of us know about the show and about pop culture in general uh i'm gonna put that as a tentative maybe maybe in some aspects probably not is what i'm gonna go with most likely but, not yeah i would go with i would you know uh, other it, than general, he's an archetype yeah other right? than yeah. general aesthetic i'm gonna say no Correct. Uh, anyway uh so that is just one of the things that goes on in our discord <laughs> um so yeah, so if you guys want that link, head on over to our socials. Uh, that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Ninja Turtle PH. Uh, if you guys like the show, let us know somewhere on the internet uh, by leaving a review. Uh, also, if you guys haven't noticed, uh, you can now listen to the episodes in Facebook. Um, so like, if you have the Facebook app, you can listen to it right there. Don't even have to go to um, you know Spotify or wherever else you download the podcast. You can listen to it right there on Facebook. Um, we've been doing that for I don't know, like about a month or two now, I think. Yeah. Months. And, and um, the thing is, is, for whatever reason, they're a lot more visible on people's timelines than uh, than me posting the link. So yeah. So if uh, if you guys are having trouble finding the episodes, because I know I know we have a lot of engagement on our Facebook. Um, so if you guys want to listen to episodes, you can just right there in the Facebook app. Um, and uh, yeah. As we say every week, we love you. Thank you again for being here. Um, And yeah. So that's our show this week. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, Cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Wait, wait. The destruction of other people's property for whatever reason is wrong. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That must have been the educational bit for that episode, right? Oh, yes. Oh man, exactly. I, I forgot how much I loved that that run, <laughs> that running gag. It was a funny bit. Uh, I, I it's funny because I knew that was going to be my quote, but it was just funny that. I just forgot <laughs> that in Mile of Being a Turtle. Uh, but it was it was funny how like they like Leo says it like a couple times and then like Rocksteady says it. Yeah. I I almost think I should start keeping track of what the educational message is because they're always <laughs> something ridiculous. I don't even think it's like an educational <laughs> message. I think it was just something stupid that they came up with. Maybe I, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they needed to throw in because didn't didn't you guys say they like have to throw something in every episode? And it's always very like so. I think this I is like before. I think the P. Well, because they have they would have had to do that as a PSA. I think. Uh like it had to specifically be the educational content. Hmm. I want to be paid to be do basically nothing. Yeah. So in the interview, they're like, like. What's how do y'all manage projects at your current job? Is it like agile? I'm like, yeah, it's you know, I do a lot of mental gymnastics and I dodge a lot of responsibility, so that's like <laughs> agile, right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally familiar with agile, not realizing it wasn't an adjective, it was a proper noun. It's like, like agile project development, project management is like very structured, very like locked down, a lot of check ins, checks and balances, and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> And they'll say things like, you know, some people sort by epic instead of sprint or theme. So don't let that trip you up. I'm like, oh, don't worry about that. I'm I'm too agile to be tripped up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm agile. You know, we'll just have people come out with like wooden sticks to try and beat you at random times at work. And you just have to dodge them, you know? And yeah. It's <laughs> totally the jokes I would be making. Yeah. Uh That'd be like extra upsetting because I work from home, which means someone would have to break in and try and trip me. <laughs> oh. Man. Yeah, I've been reading these uh, comics. You can keep that one in there. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. The, the new Usagi or the. No, the just older. back from the beginning. Uh, I've oh, just nice. kind of started. And man, I wish I would have started much sooner. Really, really good. That's the way I feel about it too. They're very, very delightful. Like, like that's the best way I know how to put it. Like you just read it and you're like, this is like, it can get like, it can hit these like strong emotional beats. Like, you know, Usagi going back home and seeing like the girl that he grew up, like being in love with and it's married and she's now married to his rival, but they still kind of have like an unrequited love between the two of them. But she's like, you know, being a good wife and is like staying with her husband kind of thing. And like, you know, isn't going for Usagi anyway. It's just like, oh, well, like this kind of hits in like a, this hits different. But then at the same time, you'll have this story about how Gen, you know, screws him over in, <laughs> you know, during some like samurai bodyguard mission, you know, it's like there's Typical such a wide Gen fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just, and there's like a wide range of, of stories and it's just fun. You just really enjoy it. At least I do. I love that series. I, I love too. like, I've never picked up a book and been confused about what's going on. Like there's clearly like overarching themes and the storylines, but like, it feels like you can just pick up any book randomly and kind of understand what's going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
but me talking about like you know people jumping out and beating you with sticks it, it was a callback to like <laughs> he's training when usagi yeah. is like training being trained by his master before he's ever even able to touch a sword he his masters has him doing like all these chores and then like while he's doing his chores he'll just like jump out with a bamboo stick and hit him with it <laughs> yeah you know, yeah just beat the crap out of him so anyway ah crap i meant to watch um the developers for uh shredder's revenge put out a behind the scenes video today mm-hmm. and i haven't had a chance to watch it yet it coming from you know i mean this is my perspective it doesn't really actually say a whole lot i say we need we need the perspective of somebody who is excited for this game i know but it doesn't really say a whole (laughs) lot what it mostly says is yeah we grew up in the original turtles era and so like we just really wanted to bring that back and bring that back for the fans and that's what we're doing and like that's pretty much a summary of what the video says ultimately it's just kind of hype it's just you know trying to recatch that hype and, and say the the hypey things of we're fans we grew up playing this we're going back to how it was yeah come on in you know and that that's kind of all it really is all right fine but you we can watch, really it. Like, watch it it's real short though no 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 i mean if you summed it up that's fine <laughs> What were you saying? Uh, have you heard any updates about those loot crate boxes from like last year? So, um, a lot of drama on that. Yeah, there's a lot oh, of drama yeah. on that. Um, so there is no official update. There's been, there was a guy who claimed to be uh, the owner or he worked in the warehouse that had uh, loot crates in it, mm. but nobody. So everybody like started jumping on that, and he, and he'd say he hadn't he'd say they hadn't been paid by NECA, so they were intentionally holding everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I called bullshit on that because I was like, they're owned by this, the same company. Well, I was okay. like, this guy randomly shows up in a group with a blurry photo that you can't even see says like what crates these are, what the date is. There's no timestamp. Like he's got a pretty new Facebook profile. Like he just made it. I'm like, there's not enough here to really say definitively, like this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so, because I started asking that question, everybody started jumping on my throat about it. They're like, well, what else does it mean? I was like, you guys are like, you guys aren't asking the questions. Like, this is basic stuff. Like, ask, you know, who this guy is, who, what's his connection to it? When was his photo taken? And I got into it with a guy who's like, he's like, I can confirm that the picture's legit. And I'm like, okay, how can you confirm the picture's legit? And he's like, this is how NECA does their shipping practices. I'm like, we know that. We know they ship from China. The question is, what boxes are these? Are they the ones? It's um, so basically, like, n- there's been no updates. They've been delaying everything. Which, okay, like, yeah, delays happen. We're still going through the pandemic and everything. Yeah. Um, so that is already complicating everything. But then, like, there hasn't been any update. They haven't even pushed out like the received date which they have been doing, but they have not done it. 
this last this last period. So everyone's kind of like, well, where's our crates then? Uh, there's no answer. Um, they only shipped the one that had like Danny from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I was just thinking the other day. I'm like, I haven't heard anything about my Armagon. That's been over a year now. Yeah, like. and so it's it's not looking super good. Um, and then like people are kind of jumping on anything they can find to bash NECA because like there's, and the thing is is like NECA. NECA made the figures. Okay, like that part we know. NECA doesn't own Loot Crate. It's a sister company. Right. Kind of like, you know, WizKids or... Um, yeah, they're owned by the same parent. They're owned by the same parent company. So, you like, Randy over at, at NECA, you know, he'll say, uh, you know, you got to contact them. I don't do anything for them. Like, and he doesn't. He only works for NECA. But people are getting pissed off about it. And then um, compound that with what's been going on with the whole Holothon stuff and how Holothon is, um, you know, that was kind of a cluster with uh, Target. You know, people were ordering through um the Holothon website when they had specifically said, hey, if you're from the US, don't order here, order through Target. Um, but the problem is, is like Target wasn't always putting up the figures, the same figures that uh, Holothon was putting up. Uh, Holothon was supposed to be just for international people. And so a bunch of US people bought Holothon stuff or bought, bought the figures through Holothon. And then uh, since monday a lot of them have been getting canceled and people are getting pissed off and understandably like you know it's never nice when a toy order gets canceled but they're all specifically the ones that were canceled because they ordered through holothon not target and so people's big issue there is that um supposedly someone who works at the call center that NECA uses uh, had said that they were going to be honoring those. No, no official statement, just like a screenshot of an email from someone named, I think her name was like Jessica or something. And it's a Holothon manager. Um, and so that screenshot was floating around, um, but nothing official from Holothon. And so I started asking the question again. I was like, okay, did they officially say anything? Or, or are you just running off of this screenshot? And that's what got everybody like to kind of like think about it. And they're like, oh yeah, we only ever got the screenshot. It's like, okay, you know, I get why you're upset, but nobody officially said they were going to be honoring these. Like, yeah, it sucks, but it's also, you should have, you should have known because the directions were very clear. Yeah, the website was screwed up and let you order. But at the same time, like that's not, that is their fault, but it's also not their fault that you ordered mm-hmm. because you knew the rules. And so um, found out, I think it was yesterday that Randy from NECA had gotten doxxed and people and somebody, some jerk was giving out his phone number 
in the groups and was like, ha ha, call, call him. And it's like, absolutely do not ever do that. I don't care how upset you are that they have your money or that, you know, your toy order got canceled. You don't ever give out somebody's personal info like that. And what's his phone number? Just so we know not to call <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't do it anyway, but... I, but it's, that's just, that's would. so, that's so uncalled for and like, and just disgusting. And it just, it just really upset me. Well, I hope my Armagon comes sometime. I hope it does too. I but want my Armagon too. To it. Yeah. I want my Armagon too. I want the mutant, the claw shredder clone. Like, I want these figures too, but you know, things happen and weren't, we're not privy to that, to that information. Yeah. Mm. We are, we, we should be told what is like where our stuff is and like updated projection times, but we don't need to know like the legalities of what, what's going on or, you know, is, is there a lawsuit going on that says that they can't turn over stuff right now? Whatever. I get that. Um, because the the radio silence is what's most upsetting mm-hmm. you know like they're not being super transparent about what's going on the same thing with holothon like the directions for holothon were not very clear yeah. um like there was no like there was no schedule of drops like it was all kind of willy-nilly and then like some stores some targets were putting out product before holothon um, I mean, I got lucky and like, I was able to order my Fugitoid on the website and then I found, uh, Super Bebop and Mighty Rocksteady in store. Um, like, and those, those weren't exclusives, but I was able to at least, um, get them, but I know a lot of people weren't. So, and I got my two Gargoyles figures. And a stuck in mutagen man. Holothon was good for me. <laughs> there you go. I got, I got, I got the figures I wanted. But again, none of these were exclusives. They just happened to come out during Holothon. Yeah. And the whole point was that you were supposed to be able to order these through Holothon. Yeah, for me, that's the only thing I've been able to find. Like more than anything else, is Muckman. Like Muckman just fills the Holothon shelves whenever I've walked by. <laughs> well, there's, Same, there's yeah, the, the glow in the dark one. Especially. Yeah, and yeah. that one's that one's the exclusive though. Like that one was that one's a limited edition piece just for Holothon. Huh. Um, I didn't pick that one up because I didn't really, I don't really want Muckman. Yeah, uh, I don't even really want Mutagen Man. He just came with a stuck. <laughs> And I needed Ace Duck. Gotta have an Ace Duck. I gotta have Ace Duck. Ace Duck was my was one of my favorite action figures when I was younger. Um, getting Mutagen, it's not a bad figure. I just have no connection to Mutagen Man because we haven't gotten to that episode yet. Yeah, I I have no connection to him either. So there's that. I, I do like Mutagen Man in the IDW series a lot. I do like. Seymour. Oh yeah, yeah. Seymour. Yeah, Seymour great. But uh, movie finds um, peace. But then also. Uh, mutagen man in 2012 as well yes the big like hulking tank guy yeah what was uh what what was the kid's name i think his name was seymour too was it i don't think so i think his name Uh, was it was the pulverizer the pulverizer was his well pulverize pulverizer was his His um name he gave himself as a hero yeah it was it was his superhero name it's a mundane name 
didn't he? Uh, no, no. I don't know. Oh, it was Timothy. Timothy. There we go. Yeah, his story was okay. I don't know. I, I, I mean, don't... it never it never got resolved. Exactly. But... It, it never got resolved, and I don't know. I just exactly. never had it for it. <laughs> that Naples mother. What was going on there? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway. But anyway. Anyway. Should we get started on the show? Eh, do we have anything else to kind of run off? I don't think so. So no no news this week, really? Yeah, I don't really got anything. Holothon's already over. Perfect. Um, the Turtle Van pre-orders will be done by the time this episode goes up. Yeah. Uh, um, nothing. There wasn't any trailer or anything at uh, um, Kids Choice Awards. Yeah. Uh, the final sound mix for the Rise movie is done. Oh, great! And glad to hear that's actually coming out. So, um, yeah, Andy Soriano has been posting about it. Um, in his Discord and on his Instagram. So that is done. So we're getting closer to that movie. Cool. Still no word if it's going to still drop on Netflix, though. That's the big question I have. Yeah. I mean, like I said, maybe that's what's part of what's causing some of the delay. I mean, yes, like they haven't finished mixing the sound and everything else, but maybe, maybe things were put on hold for a little bit. Because maybe they're going to put on Paramount Plus. Who knows? I definitely don't. <laughs> yeah, like, no clue. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe we'll also just go up on Netflix. But. I mean, it was originally contracted for Netflix. So, yeah. Yeah. It should be the first place it goes to. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. Yeah, and we'll see if... I didn't know. Ace <laughs> Duck, I could swap his beaks around. Oh, really? It's horrifying, like, horrifying to look at. I feel like I need something to fidget with while we talk. Like that Dude, me... if you saw my desk, it's like covered in action figures. Yeah, I plan on, especially for streaming, like for a while I've kind of wanted to set up some some of my Ninja Turtle stuff somewhere and this room mm-hmm. was kind of the place. So I was kind of thinking that, if, you know, if we are going to start streaming and, and other stuff, I might try and turn one of these corners into a, to a turtle's corner. Yeah, you should. Up in the background. It just requires getting command strips and other things and hanging things up. Yeah. <laughs> none of know, my stuff is, none of my stuff is hanging. It's all kind of, I have my fidget action figures, which are like underneath my monitor and I can pick them up, bend them around and stuff. Mm. Um, and then I have like the display ones on the top shelf. There's like gargoyles, my all my Dr. Eggman stuff, and then like my Starscream from the, uh, the original Transformers movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've got like... I've got some prints of Ninja Turtles that I've picked up from conventions. Mm. Uh, I've got, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen like Jed Henry's art, but I've I got his print of the turtles. The name sounds familiar. Uh, he, his like 
Facebook and other pages are called like Ukioe Heroes or Ukioe. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh that guy. Hell yeah. I've got his Ninja Turtle print because he he's always at our con. Is yeah. it the one where they're like in the trees? And they have yeah, like, it's like the real Japanese, like woodblock yeah. looking. Hell yeah. Um, speaking of artists, um, Tim Laddie uh, from IDW. Uh huh. Um, apparently he had leaked that he's that he did the box art for um shredder's revenge um he had mentioned it on his stream but as far as we know you know it's not having a physical release so why would he do box art for it so uh a lot of people think that he leaked um a physical edition of it Hmm. which may or may not be true but it's like artists say stuff all the time and you know he may be drawing it thinking it's for that it may not be for that and so it's another thing where i like i was questioning i was like you know is he the only person who's saying this like you know i i wouldn't tell everybody that for sure 100 percent the physical version is coming if he's the only person that has said anything it's like i get i get that that's a leak but it's not a verifiable leak because he could be doing box art for something else yeah does he mean like because like there's art for that game well there is um did he do that art and maybe just called it box art when he meant no uh, that's that's by um a different artist i like uh named edward wang Mm. iron pinky um he did he did the shredder the shredders revenge like art that we've seen for a year now okay so it's kind of who knows anyway i'm ready to get this show on the road let's talk ninja turtles <clears throat> let's as, as though we've been not talking about them for last i know this is good hour. bonus content yeah it is Alrighty. <clears throat> All right. Take care, guys. All right. Bye. Appreciate it. Night. Night.